Ah, the sweet honeymoon period. Let's get to it. Welcome to the ALT Insider Podcast, dedicated to making you have the most fun possible while living or dreaming about living in Japan. Whether you've been here for years or are just starting to consider it, we've got you covered. And now, your host, broadcasting from somewhere in Japan, James. Yes, James here. ALT Insider Podcast, episode number 076, actually, 076. Nice to have you with me. Nice to have you with me on the show today. So the site is finally released, unleashed into the world. The new site of the design, the new the new site design is unleashed to the world. Check it out if you haven't yet. Altinsider.com. You got a new front page. You got a new start here page. New blog page. New podcast. Everything's new. Still working on some stuff behind the scenes to kind of clear up the uh, some kind of bugs and uh, fixes there here and there, but. It is pretty much good to go. Um, the post explaining why the changes were made and what the goal of the new changes are is coming out shortly, maybe in a week or maybe two weeks. But check that out too, as well. And just you know, let me know what you let me know what you think. You have a second. I mean, a lot of work went into the design. A lot of work went into making it look how we wanted to look. And of course, there's still some things we want to change a little bit. But you know, basically, it's exactly what we wanted. So there it is. Tell me what you think. Enjoy it. Anyways, today we are here for. A episode of the podcast, obviously. So today I have Adria, who is a new ALT. You know, I usually have people that on this podcast that are kind of veterans of Japan, you know, been here for four years, been here for three years. This time, it is someone that's only been in Japan for six weeks, so she is still heavily right in that magical honeymoon period. So we talk about, you know, everything you can expect, her interview process, her... Uh, you know, first six weeks in Japan, first three weeks teaching, all that kind of stuff. And also how she, you know, if you want to come to Japan on the jet program, especially it costs a lot of money. So she kind of, Adria here had a special kind of way she decided to raise money. It's really cool. And I think you might be interested in that if you are not yet in Japan and want to go for the jet program. So enjoy. That's it for me. Be sure to check out the new site again, altinsider.com. You know, lavish yourself in the new design. I don't know if lavish works there, but anyways, enjoy the new design. And enjoy my interview with Adria, a six-week ALT on the JET program. Enjoy. Okay, guys, today we have a very special guest. You know, I said that every week, but this week it really is a special guest. Her name is Adria. And unlike, you know, sometimes I have people that have been in Japan 20 years, 50 years, 100 years even. Not 100 years, but she has been in Japan only for six weeks. So, how are you doing, Adria? I'm doing great. Glad, nice to have you on here to get some kind of someone's opinions from someone still in the very much in the honeymoon period i i trust oh definitely in the honeymoon period <laughs> so first let's go back to you know the decision you made to come to japan why did you make the decision what made you want to come to japan in the first place well i've been into japanese culture for going on eight years now starting in high school and i kind of fell out of it and i did the normal work thing after college and was sort of looking for something else. Um, my father had lived abroad for a few years when he was younger and it had always been a dream of mine to, you know, explore and live in a different country, see a different culture. So when I found out about the JET program, I was like, oh, this is perfect. Like, I need to do this. So I put my heart and soul into it and finally made it. Okay, so you said heart and soul. So mm -hmm. I know that the, the, the application process is very uh, strenuous, I would say. Yes. Do <laughs> you have any advice for people that are out there that want to do the JET program in the future? What would your advice be to them? Well, to be honest, it's a lot easier now. So I actually applied twice. Uh, the first time I applied 
the year after I got out of college and the process was very difficult and you had to send in a million papers and now it's mostly online. So the most thing that I can really say is if you're still in college, create a bond with at least one of your professors because you will always need reference letters from professors for everything in life, not just the JET program. So make friends with a professor and make some professional contacts um, outside of that so you have good references, people that are willing to support you and back you. Um, My other advice is the first time when I was not even given the initial interview, uh, my application was pretty weak. I hadn't done anything specific towards teaching And then in the year after that first application, I taught at a public library. Um, I taught English at a public library. I got my TEFL certification, and I took a little bit of Japanese um, language courses. So my suggestion is if you really care and you don't want to waste your time and get into the program, do something that will look awesome on your application. Yeah, so I was going to ask the differences. So you said you you made your resume look a lot better with that kind of stuff. Yes. So what about your statement of purpose? Another big, uh, you know, subject of debate. What should you write on that? What yes. would your advice be for someone about your statement of purpose? So my statement of purpose, I got a lot of advice on from current jets when I was still applying. And a friend of mine who had actually come back from the JET program, so this is very good advice, uh, your statement of purpose should be stating that you want to return to the United States. Hmm. What, what does that mean? Yeah. The JET program wants you to come to the country. They want you to be part of the culture, fall in love with the culture, but they also want you to go home and tell people to come be a tourist. So I think a big part of the JET program is really internationalization. They want you to return and uh, sort of be a walking advertisement um, for Japan as a whole, um, whichever way you choose to do that. So for me, that was me talking about going to graduate school after the JET program. Okay, so you maybe not say like, well, I want to be in Japan for forever. That's not the way you want to go. I love Japan so much. I'm going to live there till I'm 80. Don't do that. Don't do that. Have a plan for after Japan as well. Yes. Have a plan for your future outside of the maximum five years you're allowed to be on the JET program. Interesting. Okay, I see. So also, you know, you said you got the the first time you got turned down. Mm. What did you automatically know? Okay, I'm going to try again. Did you get down? Did you, what what made you try to, you know, go for it again? Um, I mean, it definitely felt sort of terrible because I knew that I would be very good at this program. So I sort of decided, okay, I definitely have to apply next year because JET is definitely the ultimate way if you want to go to Japan specifically Mm -hmm. to teach. Um, I did actually apply for Interac, which is a sister program. Sister's Sister's one way to put it. Yeah, so this is one way to put it. A similar program. Yeah, it's actually not similar at all. In it's like it's a right. it's a it's a way it's a step down. Let's say yes, exactly. <laughs> so I applied for Interact sort of as a backup plan, but I was beefing up my resume really for the Jet program. Mm. Um, obviously, I turned down Interact. Um, oh, so you got that one? I did get that one. 
It's a good backup plan, to be honest, because they allow you to defer several times before you actually have to leave. So if you really have your heart set on going to Japan and for some reason you feel like you won't get into the JET program, it may be worth interviewing, but you get paid so much less on Interact and it's not a group uh, organization. You don't get the support system that Jet gives you. Yeah, definitely. It's um, it's called. It's a basically a different world. I mean, like you do get paid a lot less, and you're by yourself. But like she, like she said, if if you if that's the way you have to get your foot in the door, that's the way you have to do it. You know. So don't if you just because you didn't make it the Jet program doesn't mean you can't come to Japan. Just you have to go a little bit tougher way of it in the beginning. Right. So and that was you know I thought well. Worst comes to worst, but I had a good feeling about it the second time. I had definitely put more effort into my application. Um, the first time I applied, I had just learned about the program a month before the application was due. Okay. So I really threw my application together too. So if I'd put more into it, I might have been here last year. <laughs> okay. So you got the you got the uh, you know the first callback, let's say. Yes. And you got the interview. So tell us a little bit about your interview process. Was there any crazy questions? Did they kind of how many people were there? What was it like for you? Uh, so for me, I interviewed out of Denver, um, and there was just three people on the panel. Um, however, there were three interview rooms happening at the same time. Okay. Um, and they were all very nice. I had a Japanese, a native Japanese person from the school system. I had a Japanese teacher at the University of Denver, wherever I was. And then I had a past jet. Um, and they they were very nice. Uh, I had said I took a little bit of Japanese, so they asked me some questions in Japanese, which I completely bombed. <laughs> um, I didn't even understand. He asked me how far away did I live, and I didn't understand at all what he said. <laughs> all right, so how did you handle that? I mean, that's going to happen sometimes. You don't understand what someone says. What did you do in that situation? Just laugh it off or what? I definitely just said, oh, wakarimasen. Uh, like, okay. <laughs> and um, the jet actually translated it for me, and I sort of answered the question. I said, like, Arizona, karakimashita. <laughs> okay. From Arizona. Um, but that was really all I was able to say. Um I, yeah, I just sort of laughed it off and I said, yeah, I've been studying for six months, but it's been very impractical information. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so, so, you know, don't just don't panic, I guess, is the key. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. Um, whatever you do, keep your calm. Like, even if they throw quick, crazy questions on you, I definitely said I don't know several times. So, so what kind of questions did they ask you that I don't know was an answer? Was there any kind of things do you know about Japan? Like who's the prime minister or something like that? Or how did it work? For you? Actually, you know, I didn't get any history questions, even though I was like overly prepared for those. Yeah. <laughs> um, I definitely had written down all the Shinzo Abe information and yeah. Yeah. I had, you know, taught like information about education system and stuff too, all, you know, in my notes, but no, they honestly asked me about my recent teaching experience that I had okay. written about in my statement of purpose. Um, asked me what experience I had working with high schoolers and elementary school. Um, and they asked me just sort of more personal questions about life. I'm a couple years out of college, so I've had some other life experiences. They asked me, of course, the generic, like, why do you want to go to Japan? Uh, you know, what do you like about Japan? And that sort of stuff. Did, did you have a stock answer ready or did you answer truthfully or? 
Um, I had a mixed answer. Okay. Uh, I didn't talk specifically about like, oh, well, in the beginning, I loved anime. But like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I definitely talked about um, getting interested in the costumes when I was in college and studying to be a costume maker. Okay. And that, so I talked about my college education and learning about kabuki and no theater and that that was an interesting point for me and I wanted to experience that. Wait, so did you go to the cosplay area or did you say like kabuki and stuff like that? I stayed in the kabuki realm. Ah, uh, so you didn't go full nerd. No, that, I didn't go that, full <laughs> nerd on them. Intentional yeah. or is that the truth? Yes, intentional. Okay, so you really um, do like cosplay, but you didn't say it at the interview. No, I didn't say it at the interview. Mm. And um, ironically, when I got to my school here in Japan, when I told them like, oh, you know, I got into cosplay and stuff, and then I really studied Japanese costumes after learning more about them, and all the teachers think it's amazing that I'm a cosplayer, and all the students love it too, so... <laughs> It's mixed, you know, Jet specifically maybe doesn't want people like that. However, that's really a Westerns, a Westerner's introduction to this culture. Yeah, I mean, I've heard the thing online before, never go full nerd, you know, make yeah. sure your interests are kind of not 100%. I don't like, you know, I love Nintendo, that's why I want us to be a Jet. Don't say that. Right, right. But if you can mix it to something like she, like Adria did here, she said Kabuki, even though she probably doesn't even like Kabuki, maybe. What do I do? But <laughs> She kind yeah. of likes it, she says, but you know, who likes that really? <laughs> um, anyways, okay, let's get, so let's, I want to get to after the, you got the interview, you know, I'm sure you were nervous. You weren't sure if you got it. Did you feel pretty good about it or how did you feel afterwards? I felt pretty good. They, they actually told me that they thought I would be a really good teacher. Um, you know, they said that to everyone, right? Yeah, probably. <laughs> you guys, like, you got, but they said that I sounded confident, like in my my general abilities, not so much like what I liked about the country, but, um, I think, I mean, I was ready. I went into that interview as if I was in Japan interviewing for a job. Okay, so, that's good. you know, I was, I was ready to be a jet at that point. <laughs> so you have to wait pretty long until you find the results, right? Oh, yes. So what was that like for you? How long was it actually? Oh my gosh. Um, actual timeline. My interview was in late January, I didn't hear I was accepted until about March. Ugh. Okay, so three months of the kind of you know waiting. About three months of waiting, acceptance in March. I didn't find out where I was placed until June. <laughs> now that's another thing. Did you put like kind of where you wanted to go? Did you have a top three or anything, or did you say wherever is fine? I had a top two. Um, I put Kyoto. Because of the costuming and the historical aspects of it. What, okay, hold, hold, let me interrupt you real quick. Was that a strategical move or was it the truth you really wanted to go there? Oh, truth, truth. truth for okay. sure. Tokyo was my, or Kyoto. Kyoto was my number one choice. I did not want to be in Tokyo. Like, okay. I told them in the interview, like, no, no, no. Um, Kyoto is my number one choice. And then, um, like, Kumamoto um, area was another one of my choices. There's also the film industry is based in Kyushu. Okay. Um, so those were both sort of my points of interest. But I basically told them in the interview, like, anywhere that's not covered in five feet of snow, I'll be Okay. Trained. So how successful, so, okay, they told you you got the, the place, then you found out your placement. Where did they place you and how close it was 
how close was it to where you wanted? Um, so I got placed in on Kyushu, so the southern island, um, in Oita Prefecture. Okay. So it's actually in between the two placements that I asked for. Um, I had no idea anything about Oita. I had to research it and wait for my welcome packet, and they sent me like a tourist brochure about the prefecture. And even though at first I was kind of like, wow, this is kind of a boring prefecture, um, after I got here and I actually got into my city, I, after my first week, I was so glad. I couldn't have picked a better place to be. It's almost, it's a historical town. Like they have some, some old buildings. It's absolutely beautiful. The size of the city is small, but I'm still close enough to big cities. Okay. Yeah. You're not too far from Tianjin and Fukuoka and stuff, right? Yeah, no, not really. And I'm so near the ports and the airport that going anywhere will be very easy. So you're and Oita, I think, is all is known for the onsens, right? That's right, lots of onsen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool. So you got, have you been there yet? What did you think about that experience? Uh, I haven't done a public onsen, but we had summer camps um, right when we arrived to okay. summer camps, and there were onsen there. So I have done the onsen experience. But it was not, fine, but not with everyone staring at you yet. Um, well, with other ALTs. <laughs> yeah, cause, but that's fine. Everyone's in the same boat there. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> everyone's covering up there. Oh, no, we were like there, but it was all like Americans and not. <laughs> yeah, so it's a little bit different. You got to go. You, you still haven't had the full onsen experience in my view. Nope, not yet. <laughs> uh, so let's get to you, you find out where you're going. You get on the plane. You get to Japan. I guess you go to Tokyo first for the orientation, correct? Yes. Anything crazy from the orientation that people should know? How was it? Was it easy? Was it difficult? What do you think? Um, I think if you are like me and you do a lot of research beforehand, Tokyo orientation is kind of boring. It's a lot of regurgitation of the same information you should have been reading for the past year since you applied for the program. Um, however, if you are not prepared, like some people were, it was useful information. So. Yeah, I've heard like someone always gets kicked out from the orientation every year or something. <laughs> Do you know if that happened this year that. or not? Oh, okay. Like someone shows up late and then they're done or something. But anyways, just don't be late. That's what I always say. Oh, well, somebody missed the plane coming over from America, but that was special circumstances. You can't so. be blamed for that. Come on. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's, you get to Tokyo. You did the orientation. Fine. Then you get to shuttle off to Oita, the land of the onsen. Yep. And when you first get there, what happens? Was someone waiting for you at the, at the station? Was someone waiting for you, at, you know, in a taxi cab? What happened? So in my group, there were 13 jets coming from Tokyo. So we all came together. Um, we drove to the Board of Education in Oita. And the first thing that they do is sit us down in a conference room and we all have a meeting, a general meeting. Um, and then our advisors from each of our schools came to pick us up and take us to our uh, actual cities. Okay, was your person kind of cool? Did you, were you excited? Or were you kind of like, oh no, this is kind of, it's going to be tough? Oh no, she's the nicest lady. Um, <laughs> yeah, she was so sweet. Like she had water and everything ready for me in the car and we drove back. Um, her English was really good. So I was 
able to just sort of talk to her and learn about my school and my city and everything else and get the scary questions out of the way. Like, am I going to meet my principal tomorrow? Like, okay. do I need to have Omiyagi ready? Like um, immediately, you know? Um, so she, she quelled a lot of my, um, my nervousness and she's a very calming person. That's so, cool. I, so you got lucky, you got lucky there. Yes. Okay. So for me, I still remember that. Um, I, I was never on jet actually, but I still remember my car ride from the airport to my, uh, my school. Mm. I could still see, like, I was like, boy, you know, well, I'm in Japan. Wow, I was crazy. But um, I, I want to get back a little bit before um, before we get into your school. Mm. Omiyage is a big question. I get a lot of emails about Omiyage. What am I supposed to get? People freak out about it, worry about it. What did you do? What would you do differently if you had to do it again? Oh, my gosh. Um, I'm glad I did it, despite the answer saying that you shouldn't do anything. I think you should. Um, I still haven't even given out all my Omiyage, okay. to be honest. Because I have like 60 teachers in my school. I brought a little piece of candy. I bought a I brought a root beer barrel from America. Because Arizona is kind of like the western land. So I thought, eh, it's kind of western. It's small. And it won't melt. Yeah. <laughs> um, I brought little candies to give to everyone. Omiyage is less of a, here's a present. It's more of a, here's a way for you to talk and introduce yourself to every single teacher. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's, I think it's an important bonding experience. Um, you don't have to bring something from your country. You definitely could have just bought stuff in the airport. Some people did that. And just to have something to give to all your teachers. Yeah. Um, Another reason just, you know, don't freak out about it for months. Like some people do just brings, as long as you have something, it's great. Yes, exactly. Anything. I brought slightly bigger things for my principal and my English teachers. Okay. Um, but like, gotta suck up to them. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit, something a little more, <laughs> a little more. Yeah. And, okay. One more thing before we get to the school about your packing situation. Mm. What did you? What's one thing that you packed that you said, "Oh man, I wish I didn't pack that." Now. Oh, I wish I didn't pack that. Is there anything that you have? Like, or, uh, let's go through both ways. What's something you wish you brought, and what's something you wish you didn't bring? Oh my gosh, I wish I brought every single pair of pants that I owned. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because like I'm at the point where I I have maybe eight pairs of pants, but I can only wear like four of them to school. So I don't oh, have because enough. Because sizing issue? No, because like I brought like jeans and you I can't really okay, wear can't wear those, school. yeah. And um the rest of them are like full length pants. I wish I had brought like capris and other things i can't find any pants here that have completely fit me correctly uh, okay so yeah that happens so like you're saying like the you had too many not informal clothes and now you wish you had more yes yeah and i also didn't bring a pair of regular long jeans i have like shorts <laughs> uh, okay all right so let's go through what do something you brought that you wish you didn't bring is just a, just sitting there you haven't used it yet i i packed pretty strategically um I don't know. I really only brought clothing. Okay, so you didn't nothing stupid like you know ten tons of books or anything like that. No, no, no. I didn't bring any books. I actually bought digital versions of most of the books I cared about. Okay. Um, and oh, actually, I brought a lot of uh like Miyazaki films and like things on DVD, and I wish I hadn't brought those because I've been able to find them here really cheap. Yeah. But that's, that's like the only bring, thing. <laughs> bring Japanese stuff to Japan. Great one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right. All right, so let's go through uh, one more thing. How, when you got to your apartment, what did you think? What, what did you think when you first walked in there? 
So when I actually got to my apartment, I had two options. I could take over my predecessor's apartment. She was still here when I arrived, so I actually met her. Um, however, I had the option to move into another apartment, which was supposed to be temporary until she moved out. But then the landlord was like, oh, but if you want, you can actually stay. So once I saw the apartment and then I saw her apartment, I knew that I should just stay here because it was, it was a bigger place. It was only um, about $100 more than her apartment was, and it was about twice the size. So she kind of creeped you out or something? No, no, no. Her apartment was totally fine, but okay. it was further away from the school. Okay. And uh, this apartment is just a little bigger. I'm a little spoiled. I wanted like a slightly bigger apartment. If I had the option, I may as well do it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not bad. All right, so let's get back. Let's get to your school now. You, you, know, you went there. What was your first day like at your school? A lot of meetings and stuff, I'm sure. Yeah, my first day at my school, I met the principal in like the first 10 minutes. So that was great. Um, once that was done, they introduced me in the staff room. And then I did a little self-introduction in English um, with a tiny bit of Japanese mixed in. And then I just kind of uh, settled in. Um, I had three days where my predecessor was still actually at school with me. So she kind of showed me around and showed me the ropes. Oh, that's helpful, yeah. Yeah, I was really lucky to have her around for like the first week. <laughs> so when you talked to the principal and stuff, was it all English or how did it work? Uh, it was with my advisor and she translated a little bit. Uh, he knew who I was, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but she translated and he said, you know, welcome to the school. I gave him his present and explained what it was and... Um, he thanked me, and that was pretty much the last time I saw him until I was introduced in front of the school. It sometimes happens, like, you know, you think your principal is an important person, but you really don't see them. So how often do you interact with him, actually? Oh, like, never. Yeah, like, never. Yeah, so don't worry about it too much. I know people worry about the principal and stuff. Like, it's cool, yeah, it's nice to inter introduce yourself and say hi, but you really don't come in contact with them that much normally. Oh, definitely worry more about your kocho senseis, which are the vice principals. Yeah. One or more. They are definitely your, like the highest person you talk to on a regular basis. Exactly. Principal actually not at the school that often, actually. No, yeah. it's like never there. <laughs> so let's get to your first actual class. What did you do for your intro lesson? Um, I had about three weeks, basically, before I had real classes. So, whoa, 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 hold on. That's, what did you do for those three weeks? Sit, oh on, my your ass, sit on your ass at the desk? Uh, a little bit. I definitely, <laughs> like, made my intro lesson for three weeks. And <laughs> okay. Um, I made a worksheet to go with it and I met with some of the English teachers who I'd be teaching with and stuff like that. But really the first three weeks were really difficult cause I didn't have very much to do. And there weren't a lot of teachers there in the staff room either, but I still had to be there every day. Um, so I made a really elaborate intro lesson and it was pretty awesome and it went over very well. I have to go through, let's go through a little bit of the steps. I had a PowerPoint um, and I introduced myself, but it was basically interactive. So okay. I would say like, okay, where do you think I'm from? Here's your choices. Everybody Bingo. That's nice. Choices. That's it. Interactive is so huge. Yes. Oh my gosh. You have to be interactive. Otherwise they're asleep and they're not understanding you. So it was really about and having them understand and they really did it was a lot of pictures like every slide was mostly pictures and you know i'm from arizona 
you know, which, which of these things is from Arizona, a forest or cactus? You know, what's cactus in Japanese? Okay, we're all understanding this. So which one? Everybody raised their hands. And then I'd show them, like, a picture of a cactus. Um, I had some video clips of me doing, like, bungee jumping. Um, oh, that's pretty cool. And, so you had an epic, epic uh, setup there, epic presentation ready. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had cosplay photos, and I had the little Q&A, what kind of things do I like, what don't I like. Um, oh, that's cool. Okay, so it sounds like you had a pretty good one, yeah. Yeah, they, for the most part, all of my classes understood with very little help from the uh, Japanese teacher. Yeah, you hit, I think all the important things you hit is it being interactive, which don't just talk to them and say, here's a quiz, but you make it interactive the whole time and you show it about you, your things you like to do, not, you know, showed you bungee jumping. I'm sure the kids are going crazy for that and your cosplay. I'm sure they're going crazy for that. Yep, they were having a ball with that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so those kind of things that are the things that makes you have a relationship with your students outside of just being, I'm the teacher, you know, so it's important. Oh, yeah. Nice job there. Okay, so let's get one more thing about your school. So I have a scale, like, I think there's like tape recorder level where you just like read stuff and then there's like do everything. Where are you you on that scale of your usage so far? Um, Right perfectly in the middle. Okay. Um, At the beginning of a regular class, I do a little bit of dictation. Um, I either read vocabulary out and have the students repeat them, or I read sentences and they answer questions about the sentences. Um, But then the second half of every um, class is a discussion-based activity, and that's more led by me. Um, I haven't done a lot of that yet, but it's coming, and I've been developing the lesson plans for the the second half of my classes. Okay, and you're only at one junior high school, or...? few schools i am at a high school oh, i am school. at a high academic high school oh nice so you, your kids are pretty well behaved then uh some of them <laughs> okay <laughs> mostly they're mostly all amazing kids you know there's of course jocks and um nerds and nerds truly and that definitely correlates in japan as well um but for the most part, they're all very good, and their level of English is extremely high. So I've been able to have conversations with quite a few of my students, which is amazing. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's a, if your high school is that's kind of the special thing about high school. In junior high school, it's very rare to be able to have a like, real talk. But high school, sometimes you get some good students. Um, yeah. So what do you do in lunchtime? Let's talk about that. That's kind of every situation is different. What, how does it work at your school? Um, lunchtime is done in the teacher's room. Um, You can either bring your own or you have the option to buy lunch that the PTA, the Parent Teacher Association, brings every day. Um, So you can pay for it in the morning if you want it. And if you don't, you just don't have to buy it. Which one of those do you choose? Uh, It depends on the day. Right now, I haven't been cooking a lot for myself. So I've been buying school lunch for the most part. So you you said you eat in the teacher's room. Is that by, would you rather eat with the students or are you okay with being in the teacher's room for the kind of break? Um... I don't have very long lunch time, really, because I sometimes have classes right before or after lunch. Okay. Um, however, I think I would like to eat with the students, but not all of the time. So I like having the option of maybe going to the lunchroom when I want to. <laughs> okay, so your school has a lunchroom, actually. Yeah, you have a cafeteria. Uh, okay, so that's, that's pretty unusual. Usually the students eat in their, in their own rooms and then their homeroom. Oh, yeah, we actually have a separate cafeteria. I never thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, nice. So, yeah, if you walk in there, just get ready. It's going to make a scene, but I think you should do it from time sometime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so let's get to one more thing about your school. So what's kind of mm, – do you have an English room or do you go to each individual class? How does it work for you? 
we I go to each individual class and my first year students are split into advanced, intermediate, and basic levels. Yeah. So I go to different rooms depending on if their actual classrooms being used. So I go all over the place and I've just had to sort of figure out which room I'm in when. <laughs> oh, okay. So kind of okay works like that. Okay. So I guess what would your you know, you've been there now for a few weeks now. What kind of what advice would you give a new ALT with that the, you know, I know when I was the first being an ALT, I was worried about, you know, how are the students going to treat me? What were they going to do? You know, how, what, you know, what advice would you give to a person, you know, how to handle that first week or so? First week, I would say just really be yourself, um, especially with the students, because the ones that are going to connect with you are going to connect. And that's going to be really special. So I was myself in my self-introductions. You know, I talked about anime and cosplay, and I definitely had students come up to me after the classes and say, oh my gosh, I love Roroni Kenshin too. Like, I love whatever. And so those kids I now know on a first-name basis. Um, my other suggestion, though, is do whatever you can to say hello in English to every student. Don't say konnichiwa back to them. Like, say hello, get them to start talking to you in English. Because now when I go through the hallways, I'm starting to talk to them, you know, how are you? What are you doing? And, yeah. Um, and just having them interact on a friendly, normal level uh, is really fun. Um, my students are preparing for their cultural festival right now. So... After my working hours, I've been staying and visiting their classrooms to see what they're doing. And they really like interacting outside of the classroom. Yeah. And they're more willing to talk. So, That's for sure, yeah. Yeah. Spending time outside the class with them is probably the best part right now. Yeah. And even though it's past your working hours, you know, you don't get paid for it, but it does pay dividends in the kind of experiences you get. And that's really when you get to be like talking to a student real one-on-one. -on -one. It's when you're not in the classroom, you know. So it's, Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, so let's go a little bit outside, um, outside the school. How are you finding things in your town? Do you have, you have any, you haven't made any friends yet? I mean, it took me like three months before I met my first friend. Have you beat me on that or how's, how is it working for you? <laughs> I definitely beat you on that. Oh Sorry. God, everyone does. <laughs> um, besides the ALTs. So I have two other ALTs in my town and my little corner of the world. Um, there's six of us that all sort of meet up and do stuff every now and again, um, however, there is the school librarian, uh, she sits across from me in the staff room, but then she disappears cause she also works in the office. She came up to me like my fourth or fifth day of school when I had absolutely nothing to do. And I was sitting in the staff room, like falling asleep. Yeah. She came up to me and she was like, Hadria, come with me, come with me. And she brought me up to the library and we talked about we're the same age um, and we just sort of talked about our lives and the school. She's fairly new to the school. And I actually recently just had dinner with her and another lady from the office. Um, and their English isn't very good and my Japanese isn't very good, but we managed to have dinner for two and a half hours. And oh, that's cool. It was really fun. I yeah. really enjoyed it. So you get, yeah, fight the, uh, you know, it's good to make friends outside of the other ALTs too. That's huge, you know, to make really be, you know, find friends that aren't ALTs because that's who, you know, that's really Japan, you know. Right. Definitely. So, you know, I saw about one thing interesting about Adria here is a lot of people worry about how much money they're going to bring, you know, and I don't know how much money would you recommend a, a jet bring in 2016, Adria? Mm. 
So luckily I wasn't placed in a big city for, for jets that ended up in Tokyo or other big cities. If they weren't prepared, it's probably much more financially scary for them. Um, I still would recommend at least having 5,000 us dollars saved up. I will be completely honest. Five G's, five G's, five large. And you may not spend it all, you know, but I would I would suggest that you have five thousand dollars and you be prepared to drop at least three thousand of it in your first two weeks. Um, so you've three thousand. Some people are out there freaking out right now. Oh so yeah, for let's sure. Let's go through. Let's go through. What did you spend that first three three G's on? Yeah. Well, the first three G's. Well, I knew from the get go that I had to have a car for my placement. They told you that up front. I they my have a second school. Yeah. Um, and it's about 50 minutes away. Uh, it's one day a week and it hasn't started yet. I won't start going there until October, but I need a car for that. And did um, the, the, let me ask one question. I always wondered about this. So when Jet, Jet says they told you that you need a car, right? Uh, my predecessor told Your me. Your predecessor told you. So is it, it's up to you to get a car, right? There's like, they don't give any support, right? Um, I bought my predecessor's car. So, but let's say that didn't happen. What would happen? Thanks. What would Jet do for that situation? Yeah, you Jet does nothing. <laughs> so uh, that's what I'm at. So like, it said like, okay, you got to get there anyway. That would say like, up oh, um, didn't buy a car, so here's the bus ticket. Well, you got to buy the bus ticket yourself. Uh, basically, uh, okay. Definitely, some of the city placements who aren't like walking distance to their schools, they have a commuter pass um, for their train or bus system that is subsidized by your school. Okay. So for me, if I drive, my school pays me a subsidy for my gas. That's my gas, not my car. Okay. (laughs) But, uh, I, there are several ALTs, um, that just purchased cars because even though they are walking distance to their schools, they are in the middle of nowhere, which would be called the Inaka. Um, so in order to get anywhere outside their city, they need a car. So one of those guys just bought a car. Um, and his people at his school helped him, uh, get the car. Oh, like, you know, go to the, go to the place, get all the contracts and all that stuff signed. Oh yeah. 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 But yeah. like not even that necessarily. I think he actually bought a car from someone's relative. Oh, okay. Uh, that, that level of help. Yeah. Okay, cool. Japan is very close knit. Like if you ask around, people will really like keep your requests in mind and it'll come back to you and your request will get answered. Yeah. So, so you got a car and you know, so you said, um, so you, you know, 3000, so you spent a big chunk of that on a car, I assume. Uh, yeah. So the car cost me 1300 yeah. that I bought from her. Um, and I paid her $400 for all of her stuff from her apartment, including her bed. Um, mostly I bought the bed. That was really like the, yeah, the yeah. item I purchased. That's a good deal for a bed. Yeah, it is a good deal. Um, So then the other big cost for me, and not everybody had this cost. This was a situation by situation basis. The other big cost for me was my cell phone. I had to pay for up front. Okay, yeah, because you couldn't get a contract. I couldn't get the pay by month plan. Yeah, that happens. Yeah, something with my credit card didn't work. So... Up front, I paid $1,500 for my iPhone. Um, was which it the was, S or the non-S version? It's, very the, it's the S because Japan doesn't have the non-S. <laughs> that was a trick question. You solved yeah. it correctly. <laughs> She's actually in Japan, people. I was just making sure. <laughs> it's, 
Japan doesn't do the non <laughs> yeah. version, guys. Just saying. Um, so, yeah, I dropped $1,500. I'm a little upset that the new iPhone comes out in like a week. <laughs> yeah. It's not like you can even change that easily. You already spent the money. Oh, yeah. No, there's no going back now. All right. So what, let's get to the, you know, you spent three Gs. But what, what Adri did was really cool. She decided to crowdfund her jet experience. So about eight months or so um, before I actually left, uh, I had started crowdfunding. And at that point, I didn't even know if I had jet or if I had Interac or yeah. anything. Um, but around Christmas time, so I had just put in my application for jet Around Christmas time, I put up a thing on my Facebook banner uh, that basically said, hey, I'm going to Japan in July, hell or high water, and I need a lot of money to do that. So if you're willing to donate any amount to my cause, I will give you a reward based on how much you give me. Um, so I just posted that on my Facebook and everywhere from like $10 to, you know, 500 plus dollars. And some of my friends and even coworkers at the time um, donated to me. And I just kept a ledger of who was donating. And then also in my Christmas letter, because I'm an old lady, um, in my Christmas letter that I send out to my whole family, I put a letter in there saying the same thing and saying, you know, if you'd like to donate, you know, here's the ways to donate. Like you can send me money on Venmo, you can send me a check, whatever you want to do. Yeah. Um, and I got a pretty good response. I crowdfunded about $2,500. Yeah. See that. And then, you know, I think it's important to say you didn't just do like, you know, go fund me or whatever, because I don't know how many people would right. care about that. You know, like, okay, another jet going to Japan, who cares? Right. You did to your family and friends, which are very, you know, receptive to you and want to help you get to Japan. I think that's the key point there, you know? Yes, definitely. And I looked into GoFundMe and I was kind of annoyed at like how much money they actually kept um, for themselves. So I looked at several different crowdsourcing websites and, and ways to do it. And they all kept a pretty big percentage. And when you're only looking for, you know, $2,500 to $5,000, if they keep 15%, that's a pretty big chunk of your money. Yeah, yeah. So you think you made the right choice there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. So, AJ, I've had you on here for, you know, 45 minutes now. Let's get to your kind of final hint, your final thing to help new ALTs out there. You know, you've been here six weeks. What's something that is different than you expected? Let's do it that way. What's the biggest thing that we, before you got to Japan, I'm sure you had all these expectations, you know, Japan's going to be like this. What's the biggest thing that's different than what you expected? Okay. Can I say a good thing and a bad thing? Yeah, sure. Okay. So a good thing that I wasn't prepared for was actually how helpful and welcoming every single person was going to be. Yeah. You know, you get scared online. You see things like, oh, there's racism towards non-Japanese people and stuff like that. And I have witnessed absolutely none of that. Mm -hmm. um, everybody, even in big cities, even in my small city, every single person goes above and out of their way to help me. And as small of a thing as me being in the grocery store the other day asking for shoyu, soy sauce, I just wanted normal soy sauce. Well, Japan has 700 types of soy sauce. Yeah. And he spent probably 10 minutes trying to explain to me the difference in <laughs> no English. And 
they care so much. They want to do the best by you no matter what. And let that be your teachers or the community um, and the other ALTs that you'll be with. Everybody is so nice. I wasn't prepared for actually how amazing it would be. That's, that's a good one. And the thing that I was a little annoyed at and the thing that I actually miss from home, the only thing right now is wheat bread. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I mean, you can't find anything except for white bread and it's almost all like wonder bread yeah it's not great oh my gosh so besides really missing wheat bread and maybe like real leafy green vegetables uh i'm okay <laughs> there you go couldn't have said it better myself all right AJ. so what, let's go last question what's kind of your future plans you plan on going to the jet, jet you think like i know it's very early for you but is your is your plan one year is your plan two years what do you think um, I went into this knowing I wanted to stay at least two years. Uh, they make you sign your contract fairly early for the second year. Yeah. So I knew I wanted to to do that at least twice. But honestly, my school and everyone around me is so nice. And my parents will kill me for saying this. But I may want to stay longer. Um, I, think, I think my school and my community, really, it will make it or break it for you. You know, if you're in a great place, may be worth it to really stay. Um, my community has really opened their arms to me and they're trying to teach me Japanese and they're trying to incorporate me and I'm trying to incorporate myself. So I'm having a blast and I haven't hit culture shock yet. So I'll talk to you in, you know, three months when it's five degrees outside. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, all right, Adria. Um, Adria has a, actually a YouTube that I'll link in the show notes page, and I'll link all her other stuff there. But uh, thanks for telling us about you know your first six weeks and someone from you know it's nice to hear the opinion from someone still in the, very much in the honeymoon period. Very much. <laughs> all right, have a good night. Have Adria. a good night. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the ALT Insider Podcast. For more info on how you can have more fun working in Japan, visit altinsider.com. See you next time.